1: FOMO. We were sending out 65 million bags of chips, right? That is a ton. That is like so many, it's 18 wheelers pulling up and you're moving them through and, you know, but there's a certain system to it that, you know, where you're from making the chips to getting the chips into somebody's cupboard. There is a certain system to that. And just the physical space that it requires where, okay, if you're going to double your sales, Look at the space. If you have 300,000 square feet, you now need 600,000 square feet.
0: That's Stacey Madison, founder of Stacy's Peanut Chips and Be Bold Bars. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens. When the world's spinning out of control, it can be impossible to know what to do and what to miss out on. That's called FOMO, which is short for fear of missing out. How do I know? Because I coined the term, and I'm the world's first FOMologist. And this is the show where I ask entrepreneurial thinkers, people I call FOMO Sapiens, how they live and work with conviction no matter what life throws at them. FOMO. FOMO. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. I am coming in hot today with a really good interview. I spoke to Stacy Madison, the founder of Stacy's Pita Chips, and she is, she's great. She's just, I don't know, she's a great entrepreneur, a great person. She's real. I really enjoyed speaking with her. It was nice to talk to somebody from New England, just like me too. So uh, you're going to love this one. And I do want to thank Michelle Lamoureux, the host of the Good Life Coach podcast, for connecting us. So thoughtful of you, Michelle. Thanks a lot for doing that. Now, Stacy's story is really cool because she didn't plan to start a pita chip empire. In fact, she had a sandwich cart with her then-boyfriend and later husband in downtown Boston in 1996, and basically they were sort of giving away the leftover pita that they would, I guess, fry up into chips. And then, you know, fast forward, they reached $65 million in sales and sold the business to Frito-Lay in 2006. So it's kind of a crazy story. You have a marriage, you have a divorce, you have a totally contrarian way of building a business. So the the, the amazing thing is that Stacy and her business partner bootstrapped the company, right? They never raised any money from the outside. They also kind of just figured it out as they went along. And then after selling it, Stacy sort of used what she learned to build a new business, which is called Be Bold Bars. And I actually was, I got to try them. Stacy sent me some. And now that I've become an avid outdoor cyclist, I stick them in my jersey and I eat them. And I have to tell you, they're pretty tasty. They're more than pretty tasty. They're very tasty. So Stacy, thanks a lot for those. And everybody check them out, Be Bold Bars. They're not a sponsor. If they want to be, they can be. But Because I do like them, but uh, I just thought they were really good and and they're tasty and I've given them other people and I've gotten good feedback. So definitely worth a check out. And of course, they come from Stacy, so we know that they are good. Now, I want to have a little small ask for you today, as I always do on the show. And my small ask is this. If you like food and learning about food businesses, you can learn a lot more about how to build a food company on past episodes of FOMO Sapiens. I have episodes where I interview the founders of Rip Van Waffles, Luke's Lobster, Magic Spoon. Uh, They're all really good stories, so go check them out. And now, on to the interview. So I love Stacy's pita chips. I mean, she sold the company, right? So she's not in the company anymore, but I crush a bag of Stacy's pita chips with relative frequency. So... Uh, to start our interview, I want to ask Stacy a question that like, I just thought it for myself if I were the founder of Stacy's Pita Chips. And the question was this, does it ever get old seeing your name on all of those bags of chips? I want to know. <laughs> serious question here.
1: Oh my God. That's so funny. Serious answer.
0: Yeah. Serious answer.
1: No. That
0: wouldn't for me either. That's it. That wouldn't for me either. No,
1: the answer is no. It doesn't, it, it's still fun. Um, you know, it's many, many years later and we sold 97, 2006, you do the math. Um, but it's still fun to see it in new places. So, uh, if you, if I go skiing, if, um, you know, you're in an airport somewhere and all of a sudden you see them and people are buying them, it's even more fun to see somebody actually pick it up the shelf and hand over money for it.
0: That's <laughs> even
1: that's even more exciting than seeing them on the shelf, top shelf, bottom shelf, middle shelf, wherever.
0: Do you ever like go and like rearrange them still or is that are those days over for you?
1: Oh God, no. That's like I have to. <laughs> I have to. And not only that, but if like somebody else's chips are mixed in with my chips and, you know, I mean if Pepsi and Frito knew how much I like not just me, my brother, my family, my friends, everybody. We go in and we we fluff up, fluff up the shelf.
0: I love it. You know, I as somebody who's crushed many a bag of of those pita chips, uh, I'm a big fan of the product. It's so good to have you here. Now, what I didn't know as I started to research you, and this is such a great story, is you originally started out as a food cart in Boston. And pretty soon the cart ended up back in the garage and you were selling these chips you were making. So for people who may not know the story behind Stacy's pita chips, how did you get started?
1: I know, I, I, I gotta wrap it up. You could probably tell it better than me <laughs> at this point. But um, I, so uh, it started out um, when, you know, Mark, who was then my boyfriend, and we can get into that piece later, boyfriend, husband, you know, Boyfriend, husband, business partner, ex-husband, business partner again. That whole thing, we we can go down that road too. But but you know what? We're, we we um, we're good friends and business partners, and um, so we started a food cart together in downtown Boston. And we used to prepare the food at my sister's catering company, and we would bring it all in a cooler down to downtown and uh, set up the food cart. And we'd make healthy sandwiches rolled in pita bread. And we never wanted to run out of pita bread. You can run out of tomatoes. You can run out of cucumbers. You can run out of alfalfa sprouts. But if you run out of bread, you're closed. So we always over-purchase the inventory of the pita. And then at the end of the day, we would cut it up, bake it into different flavored chips, and give them away for free to people standing in line. And long story short... That's how the pizza chip company was born. I'm just,
0: I mean, that is awesome. And then the part that kind of blows my mind is having lived in Boston, I can, I can only imagine you like setting up your cart in like February. So you really, you know what I
1: mean? That's a kid. We were closed in February. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we actually didn't. We closed it in like November. We kept it open all the way till like uh, uh, end of October, beginning of November, and then it just got. Just, it was too hard. Okay. You can't push a cart up the street in the snow. See, this
0: is practical entrepreneurship 101. Uh, I
1: I hate to admit it, but then there was, so even if you go back before the cart, Mm -hmm. so before we revamped it, before we had the money to to redo the cart, it was like a sausage cart that had like a grill on it. And... Um, we'd bring it down to Providence at night and sell, don't even, Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we would sell like, drunk food. Wow. <laughs> at the end of that 2 a.m. And we'd rake in as much cash as we could. And we use that money to actually get the cart decorated. Oh, that's amazing. And we'd stand out there in snow pants and deal with all the drunks. And oh, my God, it's a part of my life. I'm so glad I don't have to go back to
0: Well, you I mean, what's what's as I read your story, what I loved about it is, you know, we talk a lot about entrepreneurial decision making on this show. You made some choices that, you know, I think we're a little unconventional, so I want to kind of go into some of these choices. So the first one that I thought was really interesting is you didn't raise equity. You know, I think a lot of times, especially nowadays where equity is like free flowing, it's like, you know, it's like a bacchanalia flowing from everywhere and there's everybody's investing in everything. You, I mean, I imagine you had some opportunities, but you guys said, no, we want to fund this ourselves. Maybe we'll take some debt. So why didn't you raise equity as you were doing this?
1: Well, in the begin so in the beginning we had no plan. Mm-hmm. So um, as but as we grew larger and larger, we got to the point where we were we were like, we better take on some money. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, we're just everything was just kind of going crazy. We were just about at that point when we landed a really large account and I sent out a couple of invoices before the product actually was received, which is unheard of these days and probably not even um, legal or whatever <laughs> you do. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm just like, okay, I got to stay caught up. I got to stay caught up. I, I sent out the invoice and and this comp, this particular company, and it was like the largest order we ever had, like paid it, like <clears throat> paid it within two weeks and the product had just landed there and I and we were like, oh my God, the money came in. All right. So maybe we don't have to do take on equity this week. Maybe we'll take a look or this month, maybe we'll take a look at it next month. And then the chips were selling and and um you know and all of a sudden our cash flow got a little better because we got this big account. And we never end up and we never had the time to, you know, to take on, it's a full-time job to raise equity, to raise money. And neither one of us had a business background and we were so busy doing what we were doing. We were just holding it all together. So we never ended up actually taking on, a, a, you know, outside financing with the exception of, you know, our parents believing in us and running up credit cards and things like that. So when
0: you sold the company, I mean, oh. you, you owned hundred percent of it, you guys. Yes, we did. Wow. I mean,
1: that. That's incredible.
0: Now you, you mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah. we'll get into this now. Another thing that you, that you did was, and this happens sometimes, but you kind of had to go through a couple of different cycles is that you started a business with your then boyfriend, you guys got married and you eventually got divorced and your business partners. So that is another yes. thing that like, so it's one of those things that's like, maybe like, you know, it's, it's a little taboo. Or it's like, how to tell us a little bit about how you kind of, as you know, remain good partners, despite some of this kind of ups and downs.
1: I know, you know, we had we we had a good friendship. We did have a good marriage. I'd have to say, we think we'd both agree that we had a successful divorce. We were both on the same um, level of commitment to the company. It was really, in a lot of ways, it was our firstborn. And so we we were both equally committed to what we were doing failure wasn't an option for either one of us. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of worked. We, that was one thing that we kind of, that we agreed upon going through this whole thing. So it really did. I mean, that really helped a lot and we were both equally committed to the company and we both had what we, we, the company kind of got to the point where he could do what he liked to do and I could do what I like to do. And, and, um, so it just worked and all of our employees, you know, when Mark and I would fight, like they would just leave, okay. They would stand up, they would walk out of the conference room They're like, hey, they go again. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, maybe we were, we, you know, so, you know, sometimes it really did get heated. I mean, that's just the, that's just the, the way it goes, but I think that it goes that way with any company and with any business partnership, and you have to be able to, to kind of um, move on and keep the train rolling. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems,
0: or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you gotta do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. What's your advice for people listening who might be thinking about starting a business with, you know, their, their partner or like a family member? Like what are the things you should do up front to make sure that if you have conflict, it doesn't blow up the company?
1: So you know what? I think it, you're, you know you're talking to somebody who was in business with their ex-husband, and now you're talking to somebody who's in business with their brother. So, from my perspective, I think it's wonderful. And not only am I in business with him, but I'm in business with um, you know with the new company we've started. It's all people that that were with me either in the Pita Chip Company or a company thereafter. So. You know, it's it's a level of trust that's been built and you have that skill set already of working things out. And so, um, you know, I would say to go for it and but just make sure that you clarify each person's role. So what is it that you're doing and you're responsible for? And what is it that I'm doing and I'm responsible for? And as, as the global picture, it's all us, we, our, I'm, I'm really like a stickler on that, that, you know, everybody is a part of the, the bigger picture. So it's not, I me, my, this is my job. This is your job. It's, we are all on the same team and we are working for one common goal.
0: Yeah. And if you have that conversation early on and you set the right tone, that's going to get you through when things may be a little rough. I mean, I've, in my own experience, it's like I avoided those tough conversations with people in business relationships. And then everybody has in their head something different. And when there's a conflict, you realize you have never, you don't have a shared vision of where you're going. And that's where the problems start. Now yeah. now you're you're a food entrepreneur. You're you're now starting your second venture, which is Be Bold Bars, which I like to say that really fast, by the way. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Be bold bars. <laughs> and <laughs> and we've had a bunch of food entrepreneurs on the show. So we've had folks like Kara Golden of Hint Water. We've had the guys from Riff Van Waffles, the guys from Magic Magic Spoon Cereal. And there is something different about food entrepreneurship. It seems to me, but I'd love to hear from you, like, what is different when you're doing food than if you're doing like, I don't know, software or face cream or something else?
1: You know, with food, it's kind of, there's a way that you do it, right? There's a way that you build the company. And we were sending out 65 million bags of chips, (laughs) right? That is a ton that is like so many it's 18 wheelers pulling up and you're moving them through and, you know, but there's a certain system to it that, you know, where you're from making the chips to getting the chips into somebody's cupboard. There is a certain system to that. And just the physical space that it requires where, okay, if you're going to double your sales, look at the space. If you have 300,000 square feet, you now need 600,000 square feet. But if you have a law firm or an, internet company and you're doubling your sales online or, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm just going to shoot out more of this or hire another person for this. Or, you know, it's, it's very different than when you grow a food company. So, you know, not just the physical space, But, you know, if you have a company that's like your your brain, you know, you can you can also outsource things. You can kind of plug and play a finance team. You can't always do that. You know, it's not like an accounting firm. You can't do that with a food company because a lot of times it's very specialized and you're affecting the product. Wow. I don't know. I got no better answer than that. But we did talk about it for like that question itself for like a good 20 minutes.
0: No, I think it's, listen, the way uh, I hadn't thought about that before, just the the sheer number of like units, because you think about all the stores you have, like, okay, say you get some supermarket chain, right? The amount of capacity you have to add and step functions, it's like, it's a lot, right? It's kind of mind blowing. And then you have to yeah. get the ingredients and the sourcing. It's like, it's not just like, okay, we made this software and then just more people are downloading our app and we, you know, we have to do updates and stuff like that. But this is like moving physical products, making things.
1: Well, and people don't usually typically think about it. Like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're doing 65 million in sales and this other person, oh, well, we're doing a hundred million in sales. But it's like, we're selling a dollar item. Okay, so you have 65 million units going out the door. It's not like you're selling a laptop. A laptop has $1,000 and you're doing 65 million in sales is one thing. 65 million in bags of chips is very different.
0: Now, I imagine we have some people here who say, I'd like to be a food entrepreneur. I have this, you know, this recipe that I make or I, you know, I have this food that I like to, to make for people or I have an idea. And I obviously, it has to taste good. Like, if, if it doesn't taste good, like, don't do it. But beyond that, you know, you're, I mean, the pita chips are, they're, like, very addictive. I I can't have them around me. I love them so. But beyond <laughs> the taste alone, and for Be Bold Bars, you know, you're building a new product, which is completely different. What are, beyond the taste, what are the attributes of the product that you think are important to making it successful?
1: Okay, well... If you think you were addicted to the pita chips, wait till you wait till I get you some bars. Uh, okay. okay, we're going to turn you into a junkie. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the key to building a successful food brand, um, you know, you have to like it, it. Like a lot of people think, okay, well, it be- it's all based on a good product, but if you have a good product, you don't have the right people. There's going to be a problem. And then it's the same thing. A lot of times you can have a great team and you're putting out a crappy product. You may get some great distribution, but a year from now, you know, you see a lot of come and go products that have gotten really huge and then all of a sudden they're just not there anymore. So, you know, you have that the trick is you have to make a product at a price that people can buy it. Right? So you can go into um a restaurant and have the best meal that you've ever had. And they've used, you know, they've, they've made their own ketchup <laughs> <or> whatever, <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, this is the best chicken nugget or something. But, but you know, you, when it comes down to it, can you take that nugget or that ketchup and get it out there for three bucks and have it go through, have it be able to make millions of it? Have it still taste good. Have it be able to go all the way through the supply chain and get to the shelf in the right place where people can can afford to buy it, right? So it's not just the team and the packaging and the pricing and all those other things, but you know, being able to to um, mass produce it. And I'll never forget, we had a Frito-Lay, a retired executive, come into the pita chip company and tell us that this is an amazing project product. And if you want to be a, you know, it's a mom and pop and and you'll forever be a mom and pop, you'll never be able to mass produce this. And that's, you know, we, we just couldn't, our minds couldn't comprehend that. How could we never produce it? We're producing it now. We just have to do it like, you know, a hundred thousand times bigger. <laughs> But you know, he was like, "This will always be a mom and pop." So
0: he was wrong. That's it. Is he the challenge? Wrong. But
1: he was wrong. Yeah, and
0: you sold. Yes. You, I mean, ironically, you <laughs> sold the business to Frito Lay, and then you started this new business, Beeble Bars, which I, I'm going to say mm-hmm. it all day long. And Beeble you bars. did not put your name on it, which I thought was kind of interesting, and I was curious because that I know you thought about it, but I bet one day you were like Stacy's Beeble Bars and then you didn't do that. <laughs> or, so tell us why, it's an interesting thing.
1: So we went back and forth on this for a very long time, uh-huh. but ultimately just, you know, I just thought it was the wrong thing to do. I didn't want that, um, I didn't want to step on Stacy's toes And um, you know, we, I sold Stacy's and the brand and the product. And so I, so I just thought that it wasn't the right thing to do, but that at the same time, you know, it is right for people to know that what, when you're, you're eating a be bold bar, you are eating something that is from the original founder of Mm Stacy's. So going forward, like, my name and founder of Stacy's Petership Company and all that will be on the front of the packaging so that people know that it's from me. But you know, we just, I just, this is, a, this is different and it's a different entity. And I love Stacy's and I, I would do anything for that brand and I still do. Um, but so I just didn't think it was nice.
0: meus queridos Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. Gotcha. And so you, what's interesting here too, you start people bars and it's you like with, with Stacy's pita chips, you kind of like, it just kind of happened, right? It's like you were doing this thing, you were selling, you were giving away these chips and you realized people loved them. And then it sort of happened. This is you, you had the chance to like start fresh and say like, I want to be in this space and design this product. So like, tell us about the bars and why you decided that you wanted to be in that sort of in that space.
1: Um, so I start, so after Stacy's at one point I, I had a juice bar mm-hmm. and I was, um, I was selling these bars and, you know, then we started selling more and more of them and, and, you know, we had to make them a little differently and we had to go through that same growth profit process that I was speaking about before. And I, you know, I had my brother come in and I'm like, Dave, just sit here for one lunch rush. And watch how many people <laughs> take these off the shelf and bring them, like, back to the office and, you know, have it for their afternoon snack. Just, just watch what's happening here and see if it reminds you of anything. And, um, and like, FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like – ah, and here I am, they're, you know, I'm selling the bars out of the refrigerated section and, and, you know, they're just flying off the shelf in my juice bar. And I'm like, well, if I can do this in my juice bar, somebody else can do it in their juice bar and somebody, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And, and yeah, and that's kind of, you know, I just got sucked right down that vortex. I'm a FOMO sapient.
0: You are, you're total FOMO And what, <laughs> what I love about both those, st- I mean, the, the cool thing about both your companies is that you made a laboratory like the first one was the cart. The second one was the juice bar. And it's like, I built this laboratory and I have all these customers coming in and running experiments on them. And then I find the product that hits and then I can then, you know, it's like the scientific process, right? And then you figure out the right product and you push it, which is pretty awesome if you think about it. And it's a, it's a much better way of doing it than what a lot of people think is like, let me let me develop this thing, not show it to anybody and then try to market it without ever getting like the feedback that you got in your lab. So yeah, you this laboratory, which is what I really love about about way you did this, it was I mean it did did you think this would happen again, like catch lightning in a bottle again?
1: So it was more than a decade, yeah, before doing this again, yeah. and then a couple of years to get to that point where we could be able to manufacture it and get it out there. but you just nailed it right there because the difference between what we do and what a lot of other people do is that, you know, it's, it's the reason. And the reason why I just haven't slapped something else out there on the shelf is that we, we have companies that are developed organically. They are, um, businesses that are developed like just to, not to repeat myself, I'm sorry, but the business is developed organically mm-hmm. and, um, seeing the opportunity rather than creating it. And that's the difference. And that's a huge difference. It's, it's, you know, a lot, it's the difference between everything that in everything that we do. And I think that's why that people so have so much trust will hopefully have so much trust in the brand that we're building because we haven't just done 12 other things between then and now.
0: Do you think you're, when you do it that way, You are more likely to succeed than, like, yeah, I 100% agree. All right. So we're going to talk about a mistake now because I bet you've made a few. Everybody does. What is one mistake you made at Stacey's that you are vowed not to repeat this time around?
1: (laughs) Oh my God. There's not enough time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You come back next week.
1: So I know we had to, I mean, we really had to learn everything. We had to learn everything. And we started in 97. There was no YouTube. Wow. Right. There was no YouTube. Um, We were the school of hard knocks all across the board. Um, We learned so much with like the, um, you know, the mistakes that we made with Supermarkets and chargebacks that we got, you know, and a big pile of you know we sold all this stuff. How come we're not making any money? And then you know you sold ten thousand dollars worth of product and you get a check for two thousand bucks and you're like, what did I do wrong? And somewhere along the line, I signed up for some stupid program that obviously I can't afford, and that's a heart you never see that money again. And um, you know we had hired somebody that was that did know what they were doing and spent the first six months of, of his project was just kind of going back through a stack of paperwork that was six inches high and and dealing with all of the mistakes that we made in the grocery channel. <laughs> so, and, you know, it, it's endless. So that's the mistakes in the grocery channel. If you, if you think of our packaging, when we first started packaging by hand, we had a cute little coffee bag with a little window, but only the chips were sharp and the window was the wrong material and the chips... Pierce through the bag and would fall out the front window. <laughs> and then we thought we knew what we were doing when we finally got into a packaged bag, but we didn't realize, you know, go, when we started to ship over the mountains, we had an entire truck full of chips just go kin, 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 and explode. Literally all the bags were popping. And you know, when you go up on an airplane, they do something to those bags. They deflate them a little bit so that when you ever go on an airplane, you get one of those bags that are just like a big balloon. Totally. Well, they can pop. (laughs) And we didn't know that. No, so I mean there's just the the mistakes are just endless. Endless.
0: That is entrepreneurship, folks. All right. So (sighs) one last question for you, which is how has your Definition of success change, you know, from the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey until today
1: Uh, I would have to say it hasn't It hasn't changed at all um, The company was started Stacy's was started On the basis of just doing what we love to do every day um building a team with people who have the same feelings and motivation as you do and the common goal. And even today, that's exactly what we're doing is we have an amazing product and amazing team and, and we're just building the company. And this is what we love to do every day. And we're doing it again.
0: All right. If you want to find out more, you can go to beboldbars.com. Go to at Be Bold Bars, I love saying that, at Instagram, (laughs) and you can find Stacey. Get ready for this, everybody. Get your pencils out. Stacey is on Instagram at underscore Stacey Madison, and that is Stacey without the E, so S-T-A-C-Y, Madison. Stacey Madison, founder (laughs) of Stacey's Pita (laughs) Chips. I know. And Be Bold Bars, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Patrick. It was really a lot of fun. FOMO.
0: Big news, we now have a brand new website. So head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show and find out how to advertise. Also head over to Spotify where you can find and follow playlists of the best of the show. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis and on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City.